All right, let's talk some Browns football from the Cleveland side. Earlier in the show, we went behind enemy lines, and uh, we found somebody who talks more than you and I combined, <laughs> and that was Nestor Aparicio from WNST as he broke down the, the Ravens side of things. Right now, let's bring in our buddy from 92.3 The Fan, the Browns Radio Network, Browns Beat Reporter. Follow him on Twitter and Instagram, at WrongFan. He is Daryl Ryder. D, how are you today? Good, guys. How are you? Hey, we're great, man. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Daryl. I'm going to start right out of the gate with this. And here's how I'm looking at Sunday's game. This game was the reason they went and paid Deshaun Watson $230 million to win a game like this. Is that a fair statement on my part? Yeah, it is. The problem is Deshaun's banged up, and he's not 100%. So, um, you know, it's... You're absolutely right. This is why they went ahead and brought him in to win games like this. Um, I just don't know how healthy he's going to be to help them do that this time around. So um, no question it's a big one. Uh, And uh, if he was 100% healthy, this would be a game I would expect him to win. Daryl, you know something else they brought in? Defense that could move. Our linebackers have been playing pretty decent this year. Defense is obviously the strength of this team. But does this defense travel? Because on the road, or the losses anyway, at Seattle, gave up 24 points. And I understand at Pittsburgh, it wasn't all given up by the defense. But you gave up 26 points there as well. Does this defense travel? Uh, it should. I, I mean, this is the, you know, the calling card of this year's team is uh, the defense. And, um, you know, similar to Baltimore, who ranks number one in a lot of categories over there, I mean, I think that's the story of this game, you know, is these two defenses, which one is ultimately going to win? Uh, is it going to be the Browns over Lamar Jackson, or is it going to be the Ravens over uh, Deshaun Watson? But, um, yeah, I mean, this defense should travel. There's no question about that. And if it doesn't, well, uh, the Browns are going to have a hard time winning in Baltimore, that's for sure. Yeah, you mentioned uh, these are two of the top defenses, not in the AFC, in the entire league, right? Points against, Baltimore 1, Cleveland 2. Sacks, Baltimore 1, Cleveland 7. Total yards, Cleveland 1, Baltimore 2nd. Interceptions, Baltimore 3, Cleveland 5th. So, Brian, uh, you know, as as we were talking about this, and I remember when Brian Billick was the head coach and how good that defense was for Baltimore, how good is Baltimore's defense when we think of their, uh, you know, great defenses of the past? Is this smoke and mirrors, or is this a legit defense the Browns are going up against? No, it's it's not smoke and mirrors. They lead the NFL in sacks with 35. Um, you know, the Browns are in the mid-20s. <clears throat> they allow the fewest points per game, 13.8. Fewest yards per play, 4.08. Um, opposing quarterback ratings are 69.7. Um, so, and they've only allowed nine offensive touchdowns this year. So, so no, this, I, I don't feel like it's fool's gold, Kenny. I, I think that this defense, uh, of the Ravens is, uh, is legitimate, <clears throat> but so is the Browns. Like, right. I, I mean, I, I'm certainly not going to shortchange what, uh, the Browns bring to the table, but, um, the condition of the Browns offensive line does have me concerned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, sure. sure. Right. Um, but. Yeah, uh, the, and I don't think that there's going to be any problem with the Browns respecting what the, the Ravens are going to throw at them defensively. Daryl, let's start right there with the offensive line. What is the status? I mean, do we have any tackles on this team? Do we sign anybody this week? 
Uh, well, here's uh, what they're going to do. Um, and I, uh, uh, you know, wrote about this today. Um, it's looking like James Hudson's going to play right tackle. If Dewan Jones is unavailable and he has not practiced the last two days, uh, so that's not good. Um, they are not going to move Joel Batonio. It does not yeah. look like it looks like they're going to elevate from uh, the, the practice squad uh, and uh, uh, bring up uh, someone to fill in there. Um, they kind of have to, you know, I, I think do that. Um, I don't think that uh, moving Joel Batonio solves the problem because I think, if anything, that creates more of a problem uh, than anything. So instead of having one hole to fill, now you have to fill two holes. But um, uh, I'm going to make an educated guess. This isn't official, but I'm thinking Jerron Christian, um, who is on the practice squad, I think that he would be the left tackle if DeJuan Jones is not available and he'll be up regardless to, uh, you know, he'll be one of those practice squad game day elevations to help out um, from a depth perspective, but they're, they're, yeah, it, it, it's not good up front right now. You're telling me that Joel Petonio, he's, he's got experience playing tackle though, right? Yeah, but again, why do you create two problems to oh, fill yeah, one hole? Right. I just look yeah. at a, I look at a guy with experience versus a guy on a practice squad. Well, but again, it, then who do you put at left guard? Well, that was my my question was going to be: Is there that big of a drop off? I mean, yes, there is. Uh, well, then I think yeah. I'd rather move Batonio to left tackle. <laughs> I, because yeah, I think no either I think you can find a guard easier. Is the only reason I say that. Okay. Well, either way, you're creating a weakness, right? And so it, it depends which weakness you know that they want to create. Wow. And with the injuries, unfortunately, uh, going against the number one sack team in the NFL, not a good time to have those injuries. Along with a quarterback who's playing maybe not at 100 percent. Daryl Ryder is our guest, outstanding Browns beat reporter, 92.3 The Fan Browns Radio Network. Uh, all right, D. So um, Lamar Jackson numbers are outstanding, MVP candidate. What's the recipe? for slowing down, I don't think you shut him down, but slowing down Lamar Jackson if you're Jim Schwartz going into this game this week? Uh, it's the same as it always is. Just try and keep him in the pocket and contain him. Uh, and the Browns historically have done a pretty good job of that. L- let's be honest about it. Um, but uh, I-, I just I, the, th- the problem with Lamar is he can just take the game over himself. Like, he doesn't even need to throw the football to throw, to take over a game. That's what's scary. Um, but I think it's just keep try and keep him in the pocket as much as possible. Not to say that that's the, the end-all, be-all, because he can beat you with his arm anyway. But I, I just feel like that is the way to contain him uh, to where – he can. He's going to do like the least amount of damage, if that makes sense. It does, and, and I'm just wondering this running game that we're hearing about from Baltimore. Okay, I agree with you based on the numbers, the players, Roquan Smith, that defense. They're legit. Is this running yep. game legit from Baltimore? I mean, the numbers seem to indicate that it. It is. I, I, I don't know. The, the rookie had a really good game last week uh, right. for them. Um, I, 
Well, I think we're going to find out this week um, because the, the Browns run defense is one of the better run defenses uh, in the NFL. But, um, you know, and look, Seattle's a good football team. We got, you know, we got to see them (laughs) and they're, they're, they're pretty good, but um, you know, let's give Keaton Mitchell some, some credit. I I mean, certainly his average and half his yards came on one run that, that 60 yard run, but he almost had like 140 yards or something on the ground. And if I remember correctly, had less than nine, uh, less than 10 carries in that game. Right. Um, you, You know, and they are coming on. I, I'll be honest with you, Kenny. I, I can't remember the last time. Actually, no, I take it back. I can't. It was the Baltimore Ravens against the Cleveland Browns. Butch Davis was coach. That was the famous. If you take away the two ninety-yard touchdowns, oh. the run defense was pretty good. But yep. I, I mean, uh, that's probably the last game where I think a team approached three hundred yards rushing in a game, just wow. off the top of my head, right? Okay. And the Ravens were basically able to do that again. Uh, you know, against Seattle, I think they had like two hundred ninety-five yards rushing or something like that. Um, so that certainly inflates their average, you know, their, their, their per game average, but, uh, the, the, the rookie Mitchell last week was really, really impressive. Daryl Ryder is our guest breaking down Browns Ravens this weekend. Uh, and you'll hear it right here on WHBC one o'clock is kickoff. A uh, fair statement on my part again, Daryl, a bigger game for the Browns than it is for the Ravens. Uh, yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Oh, absolutely. Um, well, you, you hear know, the Browns it, talk, and it's just like, it's just another game. You know, hey, well, we play they, they one at a time. That, Kenny. I, I'm going to okay. defend them for a minute. They have to say that. They they right. externally cannot build this up to be more than just a game. But they know. All right. I, I've talked to a couple of guys. I've been the one asking the question on the record to these okay. guys. They know. It is a big game. There, there's, there's no question about that. Look. If they lose on Sunday, they cannot win the AFC North, okay? Because that moves the Ravens to 8-2. and two. The Browns fall to 5-4 and four with only two divisional games uh, remaining, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. They're just they're not going to catch the Ravens. They, if they want to win this division, they have to win these next two games against Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Starts this week with the Ravens. they got to go 1-0. Um, so, uh, whereas Baltimore, they got some wiggle room. They lose this right. game, okay, mm-hmm. so they're seven and three. They're still a half game in the standings ahead of the Browns. Um, so yeah, this game absolutely means more to the Cleveland Browns. There is you're a thousand times. I can't believe I just said that about you, Kenny. <laughs> wow. You were a thousand times correct in that interview. Thank you. Well let's see Appreciate if I let's that, see if man. I can get lucky here then once. Uh <laughs> Daryl I'm looking at this passing game, and a couple of weeks ago I'm screaming, please make it easier, throw some more short passes, maybe a lot more screen passes. And then from what I saw against Arizona, I was like, enough already. Why can't this team or Deshaun Watson, you mentioned the fact that he's not 100%. Okay, we get that, but he could throw some long balls. Can we not throw the ball over the middle? Is it a question mark with the offensive line? Is it our receivers? Is it the quarterback or all of the above? Uh, all of the above, and right now I don't want Deshaun Watson throwing a pass under 15 yards. I'm being dead Ooh. serious. He wow. looks incredible throwing the ball over 15 yards. Anything inside 15 yards, <laughs> right? I'm just being honest with you, and, and here's why. And I, I talked to a couple of people about this. So when you're throwing longer passes, you really can use your – it's not just all shoulders. You're able to really just step into throws, use your lower body, 
you know, torque your core and and let it rip, okay? When you're talking about the short and intermediate passes, those are shoulder dependent. And because of the injury in there, I think that that's – I, I, I honestly believe it's affecting his ability to throw those passes. They're not good. He th- he, uh, I, I'll tell you today, he's, he looked the best today than, than I have seen him out of practice. And that's even with him with some lower throws on those short passes. Mm-hmm. His mid to deep balls were fantastic. I mean, tight spirals on the money, guys in stride, catching them. I realize it's all on air and you take it with a grain of salt, but that to me is a very positive sign. So um, I really would like to see Deshaun Watson try and attack the Baltimore Ravens defensively vertically. Get the ball down the field before that front is able to uh, you know, do some damage. And the good thing is, like Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson's very good at buying himself some time uh, and, you know, being elusive with defenders, obviously don't, don't want him running into, into anyone. Uh, Amari Cooper uh, joked this week on a couple of occasions, I, I'm telling him to slide. Don't No, we don't want him getting hit. You know, it's not good to see him get hit, uh, even if he survived it and he's okay. But um, I, I think that the vertical passing game is going to be critical for the Browns Sunday. Daryl, can the receivers besides Amari Cooper get open, though? Yeah, well, okay. So in my notes today, I'm, I'm going to pull this up for you. Uh, give, me, right. give me a moment. Cause I'll, sure. I, I, pull, I, I did the math, Kenny. I was told there nope. would be no math, but there was math. <laughs> okay? So right. your statistics uh, for the receiving core this year, Amari Cooper, 35 catches, 617 yards, two receiving touchdowns. The rest of the receiving core, five guys, including Donovan Peoples-Jones, who is now a Detroit Lion, they have combined for 46 catches and 418 yards, zero touchdowns. So um, I asked Alex Van Pelt today about that because it's a great mystery to me. Elijah Moore was supposed to be this big, explosive player, was going to open up so many things, both in the run as well as the, the, the passing game. None of that has materialized. And unfortunately, when things have worked involving Elijah Moore, there have been penalties uh, involved. Uh, and, and to be fair to him, he lost about 50 yards because Deshaun Watson threw a ball behind the line of scrimmage a couple of right. weeks ago. And right. so that counted against uh, Elijah Moore's rushing average. So let's be fair there. But basically what uh, Alex Van Pelt said is, I want to read the quote to you. Anytime you double one guy, you're going to have to single some other guys up. So we got to win our one-on-one there. Then he goes into some platitudes about Moore and Tillman and a couple other guys doing a nice job, et cetera, et cetera, right? But to me, the line that stands out right there, Kenny, is when he's talking about have to win our one-on-one. Clearly, that's not happening, or it's not happening in a cadence in which the quarterbacks are seeing them win the one-on-one thus you're not getting a lot of uh yard production you're getting catch production yeah but you're not getting yard production out of the rest of that receiving core and you know david Njoku's done a great job but he's not a receiver he's a tight end right um uh, uh, uh jerome ford done a nice job in the passing game 
He's not a yeah. receiver. He's a running back. So when you look at the rest of that receiving core, yeah, they're just not very explosive unless your name is Amari Cooper. Daryl, great stuff as always, my friend. We always appreciate the insight uh, that you bring here to us on WHBC, but also 92.3, the Fan Browns Radio Network, and Right or Wrong Fan on Instagram and Twitter. Keep up the fantastic work. Enjoy the game uh, in Be More this weekend, and we'll talk next week. You bet, guys. Look forward to it. Thanks for having me.